Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. My name is Nkechin Walker Robinson, and I am founder and CEO of Empowered in My Skin, an experienced technology executive with one of Canada's largest financial institutions, an author, an international federation of bodybuilding pro athlete, an inspirational speaker, and a viral sensation as my You Matter speech has hit over 6.5 million views worldwide. This show is all about thriving. And I will be bringing on some amazing humans that own their thrive to help you figure out how you too can own yours. So please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on and make sure to join along on the web at empoweredmyskin.com so you can be notified when new episodes are available. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. You are in for a treat. My next guest is happily married mama of two and at 49 looks absolutely fabulous. She continues to move through her healing and reclamation journey. She comes from a childhood of adversity and intergenerational trauma and through self-loving tools learned through a variety of wellness modalities has turned this pain into passion. My type of human. She holds safe and sacred space for folks to journey back to self by courageously facing the root of their pain while working through forgiveness and healing practices. This letting go, releasing, and surrendering to spirit makes way for discovery of their core essence, power, and purpose, allowing folks to move on and emerge in healthy and happy ways. Supporting folks to reclaim the fullness of who they are on the other side of pain is where she finds her purpose. Come on, put your ears together for this amazing essence of a human, Jyothi Saldana. Yes. <laughs> So that is an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. I am very excited uh, to interview you. As I mentioned, my team was, first of all, you know, we have this, um, we have this um, process where we go out and we find interesting people online. And so when your name came up and they just started talking, I think they said one word, well, she's about as in. <laughs> you guys, I already feel the excitement. So very excited to share energy with you. Good thanks. Good thanks. Okay, so uh, let's get going. Okay. My first question is, what can you tell us about you, about the person, the brand that is Jyothi Saldana? Mm, now that's a loaded question. Huh. I'm going to speak from a very present space because I'm, I'm, I feel like there's been a lot of evolution in the last few months, more so than ever before. We've been forced inward, right? So... I'd say that I am uh, definitely reclaiming my body, my mind, and soul from a space on the other side of healing. Mm. And I never quite knew how to put words to that because I was always in the healing process. But now that I'm on the other side of some of it, uh, I am in the space of, of, of power and of taking my power back. And what is it that now I, now do I want to fill my cup with? So being very intentional about my breath, very intentional about the choices I make, very intentional about the relationships that I enter into and the spaces I take up and also hold. Um, so I'm, I'm in a very empowered space right now and feeling this sense of freedom. 
mm. real freedom to, to make these choices for myself and not have anyone or any circumstance um, really make that choice for me. That's great. And that's yeah. why you're a perfect guest on the Empowered in My Skin podcast. There you go. <laughs> so I'm big on I ams. Right. Mm. So my great I am is I am energy. My name means actually God's gift. So I am God's gift. What is your great I am? I am light. Mm. Uh, my name also means light and spark in Sanskrit. And I am embodying that, that meaning. I am light. So I light the way for those to journey to back to self. I light, I light the path. I love it. I actually feel it. I, I'm, you know, it's funny because um, she had uh, sent an email just prior saying, are we doing audio? Are we doing video? I love video because it enables us to share energy in a different way as well. And I think it resonates through the audio. You yeah. are light. I actually, just before I did my Zen, I feel like I channeled, <laughs> I feel like I channeled you into me and just with sending it. Yeah. I love it. So what do you want to be known for at the end of this interview? Mm. I just want folks to know that I am walking the talk. I am doing the work. I am a work in progress. So there, it is not always pretty. You know, there are messy spaces. There are uncomfortable conversations. There are, uh, there are, I do fall, you know, and what does, what does it look like for a woman, especially a woman of color to, to fall, to get up, to continue, to be held in it, <clears throat> to not be judged in it, to be loved through it. Um, I want us women to really know what that feels like. And I want to embody that and show that. Okay. So let's, let's get started. So yeah. we are in a very interesting season. Yes. Um, called COVID-19 still. <laughs> Unbelievable that it's been going on for so long. Mm -hmm. But how have you maintained, like, like you said, there's, you've, you're reclaiming your mind, body, and soul. And mm -hmm. that to me means that you're maintaining a level of thrive through this yeah. season. How yeah. are you doing that? Um, it's twofold. You know, I do have a business and I was really um, developing this this in-person sort of vibrational energy exchange. And I thought of it as so important because I feel like we're so far removed mm -hmm. from that in interpersonal exchange. And then COVID happened and it forced me online. And I really was resisting the online space until COVID forced me to look at online spaces and how we can still have an energy exchange when you're, when we're authentically being who we are, bringing our, the fullness of who we are to the space, being vulnerable, feeling safe and exchanging in a way that is, um, is a give and take, mm -hmm. uh, there could be, it can be very profound. Mm -hmm. And I realized that very quickly when I took my work online. Mm -hmm. So that has been a new space for me that I've been um, exploring and also discovering new ways of being online, exchanging online, what, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or through group work. Mm -hmm. um, so healing sessions. Um, and then uh, because everything stopped for a while there, it was like, okay, so, you know, looking around, looking at my space, external space of my home. So really doing some work around 
releasing, letting go, uh, decluttering, reorganizing, um, and then, you know, reimagining the space as I want it and what, it, what I would like it and my family would like it to look like. And then, and then going inward. Mm-hmm. So when I did the outside, okay, now what, you know? So it's like, okay, spirit is like pushing me to look within. What now, how can I declutter this space within? How can I start to really organize my thoughts in a way that are serving me? How can I start to heal some of the, you know, the limiting beliefs and, and, and disrupt some of the patterns that are not serving me. Mm. I really had to do some inventory. And when I started doing some inventory there, I realized like, wow, I am holding on to some, some heavy loads, mm-hmm. some heavy packages. So there was a lot of um, spiritual practice that allowed me to release. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of letting go. And again, forgiveness, 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 forgiveness of self, forgiveness of others who have pained me, but then unpacking, right? Unpacking the stuff, looking at myself with a magnifying glass, where are the areas that need work, need reshifting and organizing, and then allowing myself to emerge in a way that's, that's true to me and not holding all of these layers of things that I was like in my baggage, right? Like I'm unpacking so I can pack in a way that's, that's, light yeah and that serves me and that allows me to move with ease and flow mm-hmm. right you know I've had um and you know and it's interesting that you say that because I I would say that that really well articulated a journey that I had that dates back to 2014-15 mm. and I describe it as you get to the space where you're levitating yes right yeah. and it's interesting because to all the listeners I don't think it's a one-time occurrence right I think you can I think I did that then and I've had to do it and I'm even probably doing it now um, because this season has brought on, you know, different, has brought a a whole new different, you know, um, life, I would say, like a life, an essence of life that you, that required us to slow down and relook at some of the other garbage that we've picked up (laughs) along along the way. Right. So I felt this floating as you were describing this. this, this feeling that I, I want, I want to feel again, you know, yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and you, two big things that you said in there is forgiveness of self, forgiveness of others mm. to me is the biggest catalyst for getting there. Yeah. How, how do you do that? Let's start with yourself. Yeah. Forgiveness, forgiveness of self has called me to an area of self-compassion and patience. You know, when we talk about self-love, I feel like that term is used so loosely, but it's really like, how do we, how am I showing up for myself? Um, even when I don't feel like I am, you know, mm. and I, I feel like I, I know I'm not alone in, in being really hard on myself you know, in terms of productivity and creativity and, and doing and doing and producing and, and developing. And, you know, there's this sort of like idea that ascension or evolution or growth looks a certain way. And I realized in these last few months that growth 
looks to me like rest mm. and stillness and simply just being. And so when I started looking at the at this idea of forgiveness, it was um, allowing myself that space to just be without doing. Um, and I attached a lot of my value in doing, right? A lot of my value was attached and what can I do for others? What can I do for my family? What can I do for my friends? What can I do for my kids? It was constantly, I felt like I could only feel good by the end of the day is if I produced something. Mm-hmm. And uh, COVID again forced me to get still and just stop stop with this busyness because it was distracting me from myself mm-hmm. and and take a look and take a look at when, when I was still I was able to feel and when I was still I was able to hear you know whether it's spirit or ancestors I was able to tap in and reconnect in a way that I I, I don't when I'm busy mm-hmm. and forgiving myself for that you know forgiving myself for for distracting myself and getting busy. You know, society and, and, and everyone else along with it is telling us to do that. So, you know, forgiving ourselves for perhaps not putting ourselves first, you know, because I, I find like it's a vicious cycle. Like I don't put myself first. I get into this busyness. I get into this overwhelm. I get in, into this stress and then I'm exhausted and then I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like okay so how can i now stop that that cycle because that is not it's not good mm-hmm. i want to be giving from an overflow mm-hmm. so how do i give from an overflow it's by stopping and understanding what it is my needs are first mm-hmm. and is this safe there was a you said being without doing yeah and you know when i think about that and when i you know if i were to articulate how that feels to me it is, I believe there's a energy source that when you get still, there's an energy source that even without you thinking about it, it guides you to what you actually want to do. Because I don't think you're not doing anything, right? I think it's that you're allowing yourself to be and just allowing the natural organic essence of that then reveal what it is that you need to to do. To manifest through my my vessel, yes. And I I call it liminal living, right? I'm in liminality, constant liminality. So this liminal space of in-between. And so I finished a project, I finished a conversation, I finished an interview, I finished making dinner. Whatever it is I'm doing in that moment, now have I taken a moment's pause to reflect, give thanks, see, you know, maybe unpack a few things that happened in that interaction or in that project, Am I giving myself the time and space to really just take it in and celebrate? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we're always constantly moving. We're on to the next. We're like, okay, what's next? Where do we go? Where do we, you know, and we're not giving ourselves enough time to process, mm-hmm. right? How long, how long would that, like, you're not talking about a big length of time. How no, long? it just depends, right? If there was... If for me, I guess, if, it, if it's a negative interaction or a negative feeling, some sort of resistance or challenge, that's going to take me a little bit more time to really look at. Um, and if it's positive, why not take some time to celebrate? 
that accomplishment, like put my feet up and really just take it in, right? And I don't think we give ourselves enough time to do that. <laughs> and then if it's daunting, like an experience, like you're, 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 you've quit your job or you got released from your job and now you're left in this space of like, okay, what's next? Instead of going to look for a job right away, why not sit with that first seat, sort of unpack that space a little bit. Mm -hmm. We just don't give ourselves enough time. And I realized I was not giving myself enough time there. And that's another part of forgiveness. It's like, okay, where do I go from here? How do I, yeah. You have gifted me with, you have gifted me with something new that I'm going to try and bring into my essence. And I'm going to practice it following this interview because right after this interview, I was like, Oh my God, I got to get onto another call. Liminal. It's called liminal. Yeah. Liminal is a, is the space in between. It's called it. Liminal means it's directly translated to in between. Okay. So really it's about ending something and beginning something else. Okay. it's a magical space it really can be the difference Mm -hmm. it can make such a difference in your life that one step taking that that time right and and you have sometimes many choices ahead of you so it could really make the difference just taking a moment Mm -hmm. okay and you termed it liminal 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 living liminal living i love that that might be the the title of this podcast oh there you go so so you focus i love that now can we just talk a little bit about forgiveness of others yes hardest thing for so many humans to do yeah yeah it's a really tricky space because i think a lot of people realize that or think that forgiveness means it didn't happen means letting the other person off the hook and really and truly, it's, it, it means that you're not drinking the poison anymore. Because mm-hmm. really and truly, if you're in that pace of pain and resentment and anger and disappointment, you're constantly drinking. You're sipping at this cup that's, that's eating at your insides. Mm-hmm. And really and truly, you want to be able to put that cup, get rid of that cup of poison. Mm-hmm. Because the other person, more likely than not, is is moved on, has moved on, or isn't even thinking about it. So where I talk about forgiveness of others is really about coming to a place of acceptance. Yeah, the shit happened, right? Um, and it doesn't, you know, let's feel the feels. You, you, let's go through what is coming up for you. But now let's talk about what it means to release and surrender and let go. And there's a few processes that I've been a part of. Um, I went through something called sacred leadership training back in 2017 with Sacred Women International and Reverend Anania Anania Ayodele, who's my mentor. And and I love her. I love her, love her, love her. Um, And she taught me some beautiful processes and held me through some beautiful processes of forgiveness where it's actually showing up to write about it, to write some letters, go through a, a, a sort of a burning ritual. Like there's things, right? Really being intentional and taking it to the next level in terms of releasing. And what does that look like and feel like? So I have a few processes under my belt and I have a few rituals. And, and you know, it, ultimately it's like handing it over to spirit and saying, yeah. I'm done, right? I'm done with it. Like let's, let's cut the cord and detach from the, this idea that's been holding us down, holding it. Cause essentially that poison um, sabotages mm-hmm. our life in a way, right? It stops us from 
maybe loving another human or it stops us from entering into different choices that are good for us because we've been harmed or violated in a way. So I get it. Like I've been there. I know. And I talk about a lot of forgiveness around the parent wound because I feel like our very first and earliest um, wounds from our parents depending, you know, everyone's different. And I know I've held it. Uh, it has, has manifested in our adult relationships. Mm -hmm. How do we start to forgive? How do we begin the forgiveness process of our parents so we can enter into loving, healthy relationships going forward? Yeah. You know, when you said the word um, poison as it relates to forgiveness, there's a great quote that says, unforgiveness is drinking poison. And wishing the other person would die. And I also realized just through, you know, as I started to let go of things that I was just holding on to and how much it had infected me and infected so many experiences and probably robbed me of so much joy that I could have brought into, you know, those experiences. Yeah. That um, I became my own abuser. Yeah. You know, simply. Almost by, like you repeat it, right? Yeah. 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 We've all been there. We've all been there. And it's a work in progress, even for me. It's yeah. still constant, like you said, it's constant, constant revisiting. Oh, why did I feel that way when that person said that or did that? And constantly asking myself, what's coming up? Why is it coming up? And taking responsibility for my own response yeah. and action, right? And it's so empowering when you take that power back. Oh, oh my goodness. That's the reclamation. That's like, <laughs> this is the way I want to lead myself. Right? I, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us a bit about Jyoti Creative Wellness and her space. Yeah. So Jyoti Creative Wellness. Is yeah, the- I love that. Sorry. Yeah, let me go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so for just over 10 years now, I've been working in community, right? Bringing, I'm an, I'm an interdisciplinary artist and I bring my art and wellness practice to, I've been bringing it to the schools for the last almost 10 years. And school boards, different classrooms, different youth organizations, community organizations, and really see the the impact and the importance of creativity in wellness. Um, opening up that creative space and creative heart to, to guiding us to a to another way of seeing our lives, you know, and, and to innovation and to imagination, uh, imagining a, a better life for ourselves. And, uh, and, and really just started Jyothi Creative Wellness around that, around my community work. And, uh, and I really quickly started seeing that there wasn't a lot of space for women specifically. You know, I would, I would enter into women's healing circles, but it was one-off, a one-off event or a one-off uh, day. And, you know, I just felt like I wanted more. I was yearning for more sisterhood, more, um, more processes, more journeying. And so I started Her Space just last year, 2019, um, because I felt ready. I felt ready to emerge in a way that I could hold space for this to happen. Mm-hmm. I felt empowered. Um, and yeah, so her space is, you know, taking on a life of its own and building a community of, of women identified um, healing circles and uh, sessions that are just 
I can't even put into words how magical they've been and how healing they've been for me. So coming to the other side, like as a woman of color, like I had, I have a lot of women in my family. It's very matriarchal. It's very judgmental space can be very harmful. And um, I really never thought that like there were, there was such a thing as a healthy relationship with women because I don't have healthy relationships with my mom or my sisters. Um, They're getting there slow, um, but steady, but they're getting there. Um, But I just, I I wanted to, to know what that looked like. Right. And after sacred leadership training, because it was an only women's group um, that opened up something for me, 2017, it just opened up this space of like, okay, this does exist. We can hold each other in our, in our darkness Mm -hmm. and we can uplift each other in our light. It's possible. Mm. So that's where her state came from. That's a hold each other in our darkness and lift each other up in our light. Yes. Beautiful. Wow. And I think that that's a, especially again, I always come back to women of color. I feel like, especially at this time, it's so important that we begin to see each other in that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's time. It's our without, time. Without judgment and yeah. true love. And I think really it stems from us finally stepping into the power of who we are, irrespective of how much pain and dysfunction we feel we've gone through is knowing that there's a purpose for it. Yeah. And allowing a lot of what you have already said, because that's when you can start to see when you open up your own light. Mm. That's when you start to see the light of others, right? Truly, right? Yeah. You just become a reflection. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So because you went there a bit, how would you describe your current purpose in life and the impact your culture, heritage, or background influence, influence the techniques you apply with either within your family or with your clients? Yeah. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a daughter of immigrants and I realized that, you know, just, you know, going back to colonization and to um, migration and movements, um, how much pain w- is carried on through the generations, um, how much loss is carried on and grief um, and trauma. And I suffered at the hands of trauma as well. And I just thought to myself, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel tired when I go, when I go to family functions because mm-hmm. I see it manifest, continue yeah. to, to show up and perpetuate. And I just, it, it's very exhausting. And I thought, you know, I would rather be um, living my life, you know, living my purpose. And my purpose is to, to be the fullness of who I am simply um, and to break cycles break the cycles um, and to leave a legacy. I have two children, a 13 year old daughter and an 11 year old son, and they are watching me. They are watching what mommy does. They, I am here to model what it looks like to be free and to be fully who I am. And um, it's not always pretty. I have had some, some serious breakdowns in front of them. I have aired and, and hurt, even hurt them in the process Um, but I have come around to the other side and sat with them Mm -hmm. and held their hand to my heart and let them in on my process and my journey. And we're doing this together. We're in together. And so, yeah, I really want to, I want to leave. That's the legacy I want to leave this, 
this idea of of heal ancestral healing mm -hmm. and leaving a legacy because of who you are do you feel that your kids are able to better articulate their pain in the time it happens yeah you know we are very open and uh, you know we're an open family like it's there's I think sometimes to a fault, <laughs> I like to talk. I like to express. I like them to talk and express. So what I'm learning now is not everyone does it in the, in the time I ho would hope they do it. Everyone has their own journey to live, you know, and um, it's a different world. So even in modeling to them what healing and forgiveness and empowerment looks like, I'm learning from them what it means to grow up in these times mm -hmm. and the stresses and the anxiety that comes along with that mm -hmm. and being very patient and loving through that, you know, holding space yeah. for them yeah. Yeah. And, and, and knowing that they're on their own journey. I'm always reminding myself of that. Yeah. So from your experience with individuals and communities, what barriers would you seek mm -hmm. to eliminate? that would allow us as humans thrive better in our mindfulness and healing and wellness journeys. Yeah. I'm, um, I, I'm out in Durham region and I, you know, I find myself quite often than not in white spaces of wellness. And so for me, I'm, I'm, I'm gathering the forces out here and saying, listen, like as women of color, as folks of color, um, wellness uh, in color, like what does that look like? How do we start to create spaces for us where our experiences as BIPOC mm -hmm. is addressed and is part of the healing, is part of the work, is part of the journey, is part of the seeing and holding space for? Because white folks cannot tell us what that looks like and they can't, even if they were to hear us, I just feel like it's, if you're, if I'm not seeing a reflection of me and the person that's holding space for me, how can I possibly know that I'm safe and being heard and, and I know, and, and they know, right? So, you know, Black, Indigenous, people of color in wellness is a huge space for me that, um, that's important. So that's a huge part. It's a huge piece. If someone is not addressing that in their work, then I'm moving right along. You know, um, that's big. Um, and then I'm not going to pretend to have a black experience. So it's very important that if a black client comes to me, that I am addressing, I am bringing in or, or referring to a black uh, wellness uh, practitioner. Mm -hmm. Very important that we start to see each other and who we are in this space mm -hmm. and our experiences as our experiences, not I, I don't have the same experience as, mm -hmm. as a, a black woman would or an indigenous woman would. Mm -hmm. So really knowing and understanding that um, we all have a space in it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so really honoring that in all that I do and, um, and knowing that we deserve that space. It's mm -hmm. okay. I've, I, I, I'm creating a little bit of a, a resource around that and I've gotten a lot of resistance from people I know saying oh we're we're being exclusionary mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because it's a perspective right it's about shifting the lens to the idea that there is no space for us mm 
So the exclusion has already happened mm -hmm. and not on our terms. So we are simply creating space on our terms, right? And it's important. I think that that's, at the end of the day, we, we all need to live life together. Yes. But I, I, the way that I see that is, but we need to gather our own personal strength so that yes. when we come in, we're coming in whole. Yes. We're coming in with our pain understood. We're coming in with our pain turned to purpose or with, or to passion, Yeah. you know, to, to make a better world, to make the space that we're in better for everyone, irrespective of what we all look like. And exactly. that's, that's a lot of times how I explain, I, I express that, that yeah. this is just space where we can become whole so that when we do integrate yeah you know it's from a, a, a real a space of of understanding of who each and every one of us are exactly. so I do have a question because it, it made me just think like one of the things I firmly believe is that we are more connected as humans than we are different irrespective mm -hmm. of our you know our gender our race our you know religious beliefs or backgrounds when we share our experiences because yeah. I often say there, there's 7.5 billion people in this world, but there aren't 7.5 billion problems, right. right? There's a collective of problems that we all have different permutations or, you know, um, so what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, giving space, safe space for folks to share has been instrumental in the work that I do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you can feel heard and held in your own experience, and then have it relate relatable to someone else's experience where someone else can share their what they went through and then there's this common thread like you speak of it one it doesn't doesn't feel so isolating you don't feel so alone in it because i know especially as an entrepreneur you know the four walls of my home become you know everything and sometimes the trials and tribulations of an entrepreneur or just as a woman or as a mom can be very like daunting and feel like I'm in a silo. Mm -hmm. Like, am I, like, is there anyone out there that experiences this shit? Right. Um, so when we start to create spaces where we can share those stories and feel heard and held in it, yeah. it's, it changes everything. Yeah, it's One, you can get it out. I feel like expression is huge. Any form of expression whether it's th creatively through art, dance, movement, writing, um, speaking, like in podcasts like this, any form of expression to be heard and held in that expression of, of who you are is transformational, transformative, right? That's when you can, I feel that's when healing begins. Mm -hmm. When you can express who you are, share your story, share your experiences. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's when transformation happens. I felt that was a very expansive statement. So thank you for that. Yeah. You talk a lot about courage. Share mm. with us a time in your life when you've needed courage and how did you find it? Oh boy. I just relayed a story to a very good friend of mine the other day that she didn't know about. Um, so I have, you know, my adoptive father, but I had, a, I have a biological father that I never knew. And at 29, I decided that I was going to get in touch with him and get to know him. And he lived in Malaysia at the time. So I called him up. I'm like, hi. You know, we had some, you know, some contact here and there, but very little. And I said, I'd like to come over there. He's like, yeah, sure. You know, come, come, come see us. And then I said, I'd like to live there. And there was a lot of quiet silence. 
And I don't know what moved me, but I felt like I was sort of, I needed a change. You know, at 29, I kind of felt like I was hitting a, hitting a wall. I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel happy. So that was sort of something I, I, I don't know what it, what pushed me, but I did it. And he said, yeah, come. So I came, I, I packed up all my bags. I said goodbye to everyone and everything I knew. And I left the country and I went. And he, you know, he was, he, he was in politics and a doctor, very well known where he was. And so I was a secret. Nobody knew who I was. I was introduced as his godchild. And for the next six months, I lived this secret life with his family and probably the hardest, one of the hardest six months because everything that I, the unworthiness, that, that abandonment and rejection from him was further compounded in those six months until I finally said, nope, this is not happening. I'm not doing this anymore. It's too painful. I wrote him a very long letter um, expressing how I felt about him. And he died right after that I came home. And it was unexpected. He was shot. He was, no. he was shot by Muslim extremists because of the political. Um, and that changed everything for me. That changed everything for me. Because on one hand, I, I went, I did it. I, I took those steps courageous as they were, as difficult as they were. I wrote the letter. I left. I came home to nothing. And then I found out he, I came home in June, September, he got shot and, and died instantly. And to me, for me, that was like, whoa, okay, what's next, right? Like now I really was looking at my life. Of course, this that was my the first death I had experienced in my life as well. And it was a profound death. So it was like, oh my goodness. So it really sent, it was pivotal. It sent me on a, I, I ended up, you know, with, with the man I am with now. Uh, he, he came to the airport. We broke up for this trip. And, and Chris came to the airport and picked me up. And I literally describe it as leaving the arms of a man who rejected me and abandoned me. Mm-hmm. And and kept me a secret into the arms of someone who loved me Oof. and like held me. Mm-hmm. And 26 years later, <laughs> 26 years later, here we are, right? Two kids, you know, and so it's it's just an amazing journey in that sense. But that called for some courage I never thought I had. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah it called for some courage at 29 that whoa you know yeah I really to come through something like that really changed Mm -hmm. a lot yeah well thanks for sharing so you know I'm first of all this has been I could go on I I really could I I can I can continue to go on and I even went off scripts with some of the questions I asked just because organically um your your essence and your power took me there. Um, I'm going to go into um, a segment that I call rapid thrivers. So just five really quick questions. Um, When you think of someone who inspires you, who comes to mind and why? Reverend Adania Ayodele. Uh, She is 
so powerful, a beautiful African queen who who has has answered the call to her purpose and continues to be a light in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it great when you meet those people oh. that answer the call? Like I like to, every single day, my prayer is God use me, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. What is a daily activity helps you with your thrive? Uh, starting with um, intention, always. Yeah, morning, morning readings and intention setting and then evening gratitude. Mm-hmm. I, I really want, if you could, just share a little bit of, give some insight to the listeners as to what is intention setting. Yeah. So really, you know, I, I, I always think of when I write, when I write intentions and when I write gratitude and when I write in general or speak, it's really like, I don't overthink it, right? We already know. We already know. We're already equipped. We have all the tools right here. So it's asking spirit. It's just being still for a minute, taking three deep breaths, asking spirit, how am I to move today? What, how, how can I be of service today? What is it that I am to do today? And giving myself a moment to just really listen. And then writing down, it is my heart. I always do it the same way every morning. It is my heartfelt intention to dot, dot, dot. I sign and I date and I time stamp it. And yeah, it's there. Okay. I do affirmations. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my affirmations, I create amazing experiences for myself and others. And today is no exception. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. What is a book that has helped you you, uh, with your thrive? Um, I can tell you about the book I'm reading right now. I'm on, I'm on lesson 33. It's called. Of course. No way. My husband is reading it. It is a game changer. changer. It is because of me. (laughs) I love this book. I love it. It's like, (laughs) and today's lesson. It's long, eh? It's a long book. Lesson 33. There is another way of looking at the world. Hmm. And talk about a game changer. Like I was describing this book to someone. And I know this is, this is not rapid fire. But I no, it's okay. We, I, 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 I messed it up last question. <laughs> a Course in Miracles calls us to let go of everything before this breath. Yeah. And trust in God yeah. in the breath, next breath. Yeah. Right? And come at it with the fullness of who we are. Get rid of all preconceived notions and past perceptions uh, and projections and that of others as well. Like seeing things for the first time. I always think of myself, okay, I'm seeing this cucumber out of like, like newborn eyes, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. She's actually holding a cucumber. Yeah, she did. She reads for, <laughs> yeah. read for a cucumber. From my garden. From my garden. <laughs> she brought it's a good looking cucumber, by the way. <laughs> Oh my god! And you know that book for me, um, as and it's going to be the next one that I read. Right now, I'm I have to go back to Miguel Ruiz's The Four Agreements. Oh, love that book! Yeah, that is so. A Return to Love by Marion Williamson introduced (laughs) me right. Introduced me because it's based on the Course of Miracles, and I went and I've read her book three times, and a lot of my journey started with her book. Yeah. And I and I speak about love and I lead from a place of love and that has been really my mantra and 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 I realize you know what I I have to go to her source and that's when I purchase a course of miracles and my oh. husband decides to read it first yeah it's been a lot of a lot of people have said to me lately because I've been sharing from it that it's a it's a tough one 
and yeah. they'll get they'll get to a certain point and then and they stop. put it away because yeah. it's like I can't do this. Yeah. There's, been, there's been so much resistance mm-hmm. for me. And it's pushing, pushing, pushing through that resistance, you know? Yeah. My word this year is non-resistance. So maybe that's that is gonna be the book that I'm gonna really take in transformational mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you for that. <laughs> what is an <laughs> assuming so that you might be tech savvy, what is an app that helps you with your thrive? Uh reset zone. Oh it's, yes, I I know that. I saw that online. You're you're yeah. featured on it. Okay. Yeah, reset zone because it's quick, right? Mm-hmm. I love this idea of this quick, fast sort of 30 second, one minute breath work or 30 mm-hmm. second, one minute, you know, let's look at your courage. Let's mm-hmm. look at your chakras. So mm-hmm. anything that's gonna give me a quick uh reference and resource, I love it. It works for you. And what is one misconception that people have of you as they see you in your thrive in the space of an essence of being? Yeah. Uh, well, before I awakened to who I am, um, I was very quiet. I was very quiet, always in the shadows, always in the background, always the observer, um, and very sort of fearful. And I had a lot of fear and anxiety and trepidation around using my voice. And these kinds of um, spaces to share who I am and share my story, um, I'm getting better at it. So this is these are new spaces, and I'm so grateful and honored because it's something you know five years ago I would never have done. So yeah. that's beautiful. Thank a lot you. of people, a lot of people assume that I'm quiet, known, jothy, and I'm not so quiet. Yes, and thank you for using your voice. <laughs> The world needs it. So tell us, where can we find you more online? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram, Jyothi underscore creative uh, at herspace underscore one. Uh, Same with Facebook, herspace, uh, Jyothi Creative Wellness. And then you can uh, check me out on my website, www.jyothi.ca. And then check out some of the new offerings that are coming up in the fall. Really excited about them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I do have one final question for you. My organization is called Empowered in My Skin. This is the Empowered in My Skin podcast. What does it mean to you to be empowered in my skin? Mm, To be empowered in my skin means to allow, to give space for me to journey through healing, through pain, through forgiveness onto the other side where I could be fully who I am on my own terms. Oh, thank you. That is beautiful. And you truly, truly emulated that. And if you recall at the beginning, I asked you, what do you want to be known for at the mm-hmm. end of this interview? And you said, you know, that folks would know that you are walking the talk and you're doing the work and yeah. helping others. Really. I wrote down to, to know that it's okay to fail, but to also mm-hmm. it's okay to get back up. And I got a lot of that from this interview. It was rich. It was beautiful. I feel connected and yeah. I thank you. I thank you for sharing energy with me in this special way. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for this space. Yeah. Ooh, I could go I'm on. I'm not even, I'm not even trying to say bye oh, to nobody. Can we just chit chat for a little bit after this? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, to all of the listeners, I know you're like, no, yes, gotta say it. This is what I say. We're out. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. 
So there you have it. I hope you're thriving and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you are listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Bilya says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome hanging with you. I'm your girl, and I'm out.